This is Twa Teams One Street from the Evening Telegraph, the only podcast as obsessed with Dundee and Dundee United as you are. This week, D Dumpair, but there's still work to do. And VAR goes too far, but United are where they are. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of Twa Teams One Street. I'm Tom Pretty. And podding alongside me this week are George Cran. Hello. Graham Finnan. Hello, everyone. And making one of his infrequent visits, it's Ewan Smith. Hi, I'm Ewan, by the way, for MD around this table that doesn't know me. <laughs> well, it's been so long since we've seen you. He's one of these work from home boys, isn't he? Yeah, he's not wearing his Arbroath scarf this time. I know. I was going to say that Ewan's here, so. This week's episode's entitled <laughs> Arbroath, Stats That Are Flimsier Than a Boris Johnson Excuse and More Arbroath. <laughs> you you got any stats, Arbroath stats for us, Ewan? Yeah, unbeaten in four games. Good stuff. And <laughs> now for part one, Dundee. The one. They did, they were good. The one well. Mm-hmm. And being a classic Dundee fan of a certain age, that just makes me mad, George. Because <laughs> they keep beating their main rivals well. And I think it's fair to say that on any given day, if all the teams in the championship play at their best, Dundee are worth a, probably two goals on them. Yeah, I don't know. They showed that on Tuesday, I think. But yeah. why are the four points behind? Because it's Dundee. Exactly. So um, now for United, because we've covered. <laughs> <laughs> I think if, if they if they keep up that level, then they, they will. I think they'll overhaul Queens Park. I have to say, but it's if they keep up that level, that's the thing. We've got a gap now, which See, is, you, is an you've ideal. You've got your optimism, but over the last week, they've dropped further behind. If sorry, over the last week, assuming Queens Park play. Are both tomorrow, so it's a good assumption. <laughs> Sorry, you and I'm only kidding. But if, if Queen's Park win their game tomorrow night, over the week, Dundee have dropped two points behind. And they've put themselves, because I mean, we'll bring Bearer on this in a minute, you would look at this time of the year again, a Partick Thistle team that's going well, Dundee draw with them, and then the beat air comfortably mm-hmm. on Tuesday night at Den's. That should be a good and acceptable return, given that the Partick Thistle game was away, but they've put themselves in a position where that's two dropped points. They have, and then they're going to have to make that up. I, I have to say, I, I don't expect Queen's Park to be winning every single game. It's not going to be a title race like Man City-Liverpool the, the other season where they just win every week. It's going to be drop points, so it's up to Dundee to make the most of that. The fixture list, Dundee's looks a bit better. But then you have to win these games. That's yeah. it's the championship. Um, the next one's going to going to be the big test. Uh, Hamilton at home, the fighting for their lives. They're a really tough team now, much better than they were at the start of the season. When that comes around, that's that, that'll be the the uh, test. I think if they can keep up, because it, if if they go and win that, that they've suddenly turned that drop Partick into what three win three wins and a draw out of four, which is pretty good form considering how poor the form has been since at the start of the year but it was it was really positive I have to say although I've yeah um, it was it was good to see Kubiak and Robinson together fans have been calling for it um, 
they combined really well against Cove briefly uh, last month and they got their first start together. It looked like a proper proper partnership, the two of them. You can, well, we spoke to Alex UQ back after the game and he said they have really good understanding off the pitch. They live in the same building. They, they drive into training together. They're good pals off the pitch and you could see that on the pitch. They, they combined really well. And if if they keep if they can keep doing that, then Dundee have got the strike power to to overhaul Queen's Park, I fancy. But big games to come. Yeah, I mean they're, they're, they've put they have put themselves in the position, and maybe maybe normally leagues are won by the team that wins the big games. Mm-hmm. But Queen's Park, all credit to them, have been able to lose big games against Dundee. But they win the games they're meant to win, and that's been Dundee's Achilles heel, hasn't it? Yeah, and just just as you said, Tom, I was I was thinking about that coming in, the games against Ayr and Queen's Park, who have in the main been Dundee's biggest rivals this season at the top of the table. You know, they've played Ayr four times and beaten them three times. They've played Queen's Park four times, once in the Cup, and beaten them three times and drawn with them mm-hmm. once. I think that's just, if the stats are right. I keep yeah. the stats in yeah. my head, by the way, so they're open <laughs> scrutiny. I've not got them written down here. So does you and he always yeah. have some, right? I'm unemployed here, honestly. Yeah, yeah, but, but you're right. I mean, we're talking about our team winning. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, going, going on, on those performances against their two main rivals, they should really be clear at the top yeah. at this point in time. And why they're not, you have to ask, what have they been doing? <laughs> They've lost their way at certain times, you know, throughout the season, and it has cost them. And that's why they find themselves in this situation wherein they have to play a game against Air United. And, well, it's a game, you know, that they would have to win anyway. But there's added pressure because they're playing catch-up. Yeah. And that's the big thing. Every game they play, they're under under extreme pressure. And, you know, hopefully Arbroath can do Dundee a favour tomorrow night. And I wouldn't I wouldn't, I wouldn't, bet against that, I've got to say, you know, and Dick Campbell, you know, it'd be a tough one for them. But if not, they will go into that next game against Hamilton again under serious pressure to perform. But, you know, I'm hoping that they've found something. I'm hoping that... I, I remember... Uh, uh, going back in the season the first game of the season when we played not the first game of the season the first time we played Patrick Thistle at Fur Hill and they were under a wee bit of pressure at that mm. point in time they hadn't been playing well they were 2 nothing down at half time end up winning the game and I came out of that game thinking that felt more 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 than just a win it felt like there's something was building here and I'm hoping that that victory yeah. that, that, that win on, on Tuesday night they found something they found a bit of momentum they found a bit of encouragement going, going forward you know George touched on the fact that Jakubiak and, and Zach Robinson were, were played together for the first time. I, I'm scratching my head that they, they took so long to get there. I yeah. don't know why Gary yeah. Boyer didn't do that. I'm not the manager. I don't see what they're doing in training. He'll have his own thoughts on that. But I've got to say, whatever it was, it worked. And you're hoping that they can take that now on into the final seven games of the season, six, seven games of the season. Um, because that's what they're going to need. If they're going to catch Queen's Park and overhaul them, they can't afford any slips. So they're... You know, they're in a good place after that victory. Um, I, I will say, going back, unfortunately, I couldn't, couldn't make the game on Tuesday night. It was actually working, so maybe that, maybe that's an omen as well. Maybe I should just stay away. But I was at, at Fur Hill on Saturday, Tom, and they were, they were poor, but they defended well. I believe well. it was a poor game all It was, it was yeah, a poor game all around, and, and Dundee fans were unhappy coming out, but they were more unhappy. I'll tell you why they were more unhappy. and Because I, I, I think at the interval, uh, Inverness were... 
But Inverness beaten Queen's yeah, Park. Yeah, yeah. So it looked like a really good point at that point in time. But of course, Queen's Park turn it, uh, as mm. teams do. Yeah. So fans knew that at full time and they were actually booing. But I felt the point, it was actually quite a good point for Dundee because it was a game they could have quite easily lost. They dug mm-hmm. in and got that point. And then obviously you take it on to Tuesday, the, 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 the play well. So yeah, they've got to take that on going forward. And if they can do that, it is a sprint to the finish now. We, we touched on it last week. Why can't Dundee go? And, and be thinking we should win Whenever the final, final seven games, exactly. You know, and if it does come to the crunch, the record against Queen's Park suggests they should be yeah. able to get a result. Let's hope it doesn't boil <laughs> down to that, but we'll have to wait and see. But yeah, they're, they're, as, uh, going forward, they're, they're in a good place at this point in time. They'll have to keep that going. I'm disappointed that they lose a bit of momentum because there's no game this weekend, but that's just what they're going to have to take on board. But yeah, great victory on Tuesday night, no doubt about that. I Meaning, you know, in a general point, and Bear made it right at the start uh, there, they've put pressure on themselves. Funnily enough, I, I was, it, it was about across the road. I heard Alan Preston, who hates me, by the way. Um, <laughs> and he likes He's to not tell the me only that. one. <laughs> and, uh, he, he made the point about Dundee United that at the bottom, the one thing you don't want is a gap of more than a game. You want to be able to catch the team above you. And it goes it goes for the top as well. It, there is a easing of pressure on Queen's Park because if they lose a game and Dundee win, they're still top of the league. And that puts pressure on and at this time there's enough pressure at this time of the season without adding to it, isn't there? Yeah, um, the, the the gap the, the gap of more than one game is an interesting one because if you flip that on its head um, you would anticipate a team at the top of the league is more likely to win more games, so that would actually mm-hmm. probably be more difficult at the top yeah. end of the table. Um, but yeah, I, I, it's consistency. I mean, I've seen Dundee quite a bit recently. I mean, I paid to go and watch them against Cove, uh, supporting Dundee against their <laughs> bitter rivals down at the bottom. Um, <laughs> and um, the, the the point that Bear's making about Robinson and Yakubiak, they were both on the bench and came off, and, and what an impact they made in the second half. Um, Yakubiak was full of energy down, I think he was down the left-hand side, and, and Zach Robinson was... Zach Robinson I mean the, the player that the Dundee fans were delighted had mm. come back on loan so um, it's interesting when I look at it the, the, the table is almost mirrors what it did last season with our Broth and Kilmarnock genuinely I mean a Broth just ahead Kilmarnock you know a Broth completely unfancied side at the top of the league Queen's Park completely unfancied I mean at the start of the season they genuinely would have been happy to finish in 8th place but as the season has gone on they've shown they've got a lot more quality than that and I don't think we can underestimate how good a side they are. They are genuinely the best side I've seen our both play against this season and I know that's probably in the context of uh, going to Dens- uh, Dens- Kilmack Stadium and seeing our both win there um, but Queen's Park are genuinely the best side I've seen play against our both this season quite comfortably. That's why we don't have them on very often. <laughs> However, that said, right, if I'm going to give you stats, right, um, so the game tomorrow night, um, Abroth haven't lost away from home since the 19th of November. Get in! Which, which, which is, considering their, their second bottom of the table, that mm. is quite a record. Um, they, they drew one each the last time they were down at Queen's Park, they ha- albeit they lost both times at home. Um, and even though they were abysmal, I would say, in terms of their performance levels on Friday last week, they can play so much better than that. Um, and I hope that they will bottle the spirit they. Uh, they, show, they showed in the last 15 minutes when 
I, when they they were um, throwing bodies on the line, literally, um, with Derek Gaston's amazing double penalty save um, and the clearance off the line of Tam O'Brien. So I think Abroth will take something from Queen's Park tomorrow night, which then gives Dundee a game in hand to try and catch up a bit. We have turned into the Abroth podcast. Ah, Didn't I, take I long. You can't, you can't <laughs> stop once you can get started. It's just the momentum. He's, he's like an ocean liner. He just plows <laughs> through the waves. But I mean, I was going to say there, George, is that something Dundee can take from our growth? Is that, and when they were near the, at or near the top of the league last season, and even though they've been down near the bottom this season, they can take thing points when they don't play well. Mm-hmm. That, that's a thing but equally you would hope that Dundee next couple of games play well win well because that puts pressure on the Queen's Park yeah that, that's, that's the one thing Dundee have to do and one of those two games is against our both in the next two games so uh, and then their game in hand is, is the one after that against Wraith on, on Tuesday so um, yeah the that's all they can do in, in this situation where they are where Queen's Park will have played more games than them and have obviously that lead they just have to keep putting wins on the board and put as much pressure as possible because Queen's Park have never been in this situation before as a club no. not many of the players really it's well, quite a young team they've got well they have George but not in this century or even the last yeah. century this <laughs> yeah. is exactly. quite, quite amazing to say isn't it yeah. I've got to say there are a team coming off the back of two previous promotions in, in the last couple yeah. of seasons yeah. So well, they'll, they'll, they'll yeah. that, but this is a, it was a win in the league last season no this is quite a, but they do a, have Owen Coyle I, th- I think Owen Coyle yeah. he's, he's, yeah, he's would, been a manager who's been there would, and done it a bit like Bigger Bit Campbell levels. this time last year you, and, you would bet your life that Owen Coyle sent his players boys You've done your work for the season. Just enjoy mm-hmm. it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and quite rightly, so should. Yeah, so should. I mean, I wasn't. Amazing I wasn't season. being funny. Genuinely, genuinely, I think Queens Park fans right at the start of the season, given the fact that they didn't win the league to come up last season, they came up through the playoffs unexpectedly. So mm-hmm. as well, because everybody backed on Fairland to come through those playoffs mm-hmm. and everything mm-hmm. like that. Um, nobody would have imagined that they would have been top of the league. Albeit, we know behind the scenes that they're very ambitious. They're, they're investing a lot of money. They're building a new stadium, which is significantly delayed in time time but although the pitch and also haven't, haven't seen it looks, big looks enough to get promoted yeah but that, those, were the ar- those were the arguments that we had we had last season thrown at Abroth and, and yeah okay Gayfield itself wasn't maybe maybe going to be coming up and looking like it's a top class arena in, in the Premiership but they can build on it and Queen's Park have got money they will find a solution to that you know they'll find a solution in the short term right, and then in the long term they've I got believe the solution's obvious and I, I think it's already been unofficially agreed. I mean, they could change it less at Hamden, well, leave it five to three yeah. and still be on the pitch mm-hmm. at Hamden yeah. before. Well, and, and quite quite rightly so. Uh, I mean, they've got that history uh, of playing at Hamden anyway. And yeah. you, you would hate to see anybody, if they go up, say, well, their stadium's not big enough. Well, Queen's Park, when you think Queen's Park, you do think Hamden mm-hmm. and yeah. they should be allowed to play there financially that's a big win for them because yeah. as somebody pointed out yeah. to me the novelty factor from a Celtic and Rangers supporters point of oh. view of going to Hamden to watch a league game and possibly just filling that stadium out the money that they can make off the back of that is is incredible so that's I mean everything that Queen's Park are doing just now speaks professionally they've got analysts in they're, they're, they're investing money behind the scenes they're investing money on the pitch um, they, they aren't there by accident um, however I take your original point 
maybe Dundee's sort of experience have been up there and maybe if they harness the spirit they had a couple of years ago when they, they went on that great run towards the end of the yeah. season. Started, the playoffs and started at exactly this time of year mm -hmm. as well with this amount of games to go. Um, so And it, there's a lot of the Dundee players that are still there. Um, although I'd, at Partick I did ask Luke McCowan about that run and he was like, oh, I wasn't here. <laughs> I thought, oh no. I thought he'd been here a lot longer. But by I, hope, the way, I hope you slapped him. That's what I used to do when I made this, raised a stupid question. I've got to say as well, we're talking about Owen Coyle. Owen Coyle has previous experience of this exact scenario. Owen Coyle was a St. Johnston manager when they went head to head with a Gretna side uh -uh. who were not expected to get promotion backed by Brooks Melson's money and I went to the last game and St Johnson actually mm. although the one I think Gretna had a late goal against Inverness mm. or was counted maybe James Grady I think and Gretna actually went up so Owen Coyle has that experience that well Peter call me a harbinger yeah. of doom yeah but Owen Coyle was in the position that Dundee are in now when he was at Burnley yeah. mm. a much tougher league yeah. and got them to the Premiership yeah. on a fa on the back of a fantastic yeah. run mm -hmm. yeah. uh, so he, he, he a, he's a vastly experienced don't, don't there's no doubt about that George doesn't see yeah. Queen's Park winning every game I would honestly wouldn't rule no, it out I would, I would say I mean, I'm with, I'm with uh, you and the R I saw him at Dens and the R the best football inside mm -hmm. in the, I like to think Dundee are better but other than Dundee, they're the best football inside. They mm -hmm. play an expansive game. They like to get their full backs up the pitch, supporting the attack. I think Dundee and like that, though, when they play against It's not beyond them, their realms of possibility. They could go and win every game. And if they do that, good luck to them. That, you, uh, if they do that, then yeah, uh, you, you have to hold your hands up, don't you? You know, it's a it's a tall order for any team to, to do that. And you, and you do wonder if the players now are starting to realise how close they are yeah. to creating some piece of history that, you know, never mm. ever be seen again you, at that club. You look at their fixtures... They've got Wraith away, Partick away, Air away, and Morton away. I mean, if they go and win every game, then they deserve yeah. 100%. Yeah, they're very tough. They're tough. Is there also a thing where we, we've spent right up until into this month saying, good thing Dundee's last game's away to Queen's Park because it can be a meaningless game. Dundee would probably rather oh, yeah. rather that game came in the next couple of games. Yeah, They've just had a good win because it it definitely closes the gap. Whereas Queen's Park, if it's me, I'm thinking, well, that might, hopefully it's a meaningless game because we are promoted, if I'm a Queen's Park fan. If not, it could be your sort of, your second chance to secure promotion yeah. in a home game at the end of the season. Yeah, the, the fixture hasn't been kind to Dundee. I'm, I'm a U Tom, I thought if Dundee could have been in Queen's Park's position, that was the ideal scenario because you mm. don't allow the team that's chasing you to get yeah. a chance to catch you. Um, but yeah, what a climax that would be at the championship season if it goes to that. And yeah. it's on the TV, obviously. The BBC haven't been. I think mm. all the games are played on the final. All the night games anyway, are, but that, that, that game, game. Has, been, has been chosen. You know, I don't know if my heart could stand that. I've got to say, but um, hopefully Dundee can can close that gap over the coming weeks. I wonder if that one would be it, the big Hamden rather than Oakview. It's not uh, been. It's not. Been, it's but the only thing, though, I mean, the only reason Dundee, would, I don't, I don't see it. I must admit, but the only reason Dundee would like that is it would be grass mm -hmm. they, they, they would vastly outnumber the Queen's Park fans as well yeah just so. imagine being a Stenhouse Muir fan in the biggest game in the history of your <laughs> stadium and you're not involved <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but no that's yeah that, that, that really gave me a lot of encouragement Tuesday night just the way it, as we're saying the pressure was on 
and they, they turned up. Uh, everyone, every single player on the pitch turned up. Um, Ryan Sweeney maybe doesn't want to see the goal he conceded again because he dived in. But other than that, it was... It was Is it not the, the case with the done the now? And I, not being at the game, but I looked at the, the stats and well, Dundee created a lot of chances and scored three good goals. Aidy United yeah, got a lot chance. of chances as well, but Dundee, where they are, if they're going to win games, they've got to yeah. be on the front foot and yeah. that may leave themselves exposed. But if you just say, well, if you score one, we're going to score three every game. Yeah. That's the way you've got to look at it. We're mm-hmm. going to outshoot you here. And well, Dundee have yeah. got that in their, in their locker. Well, that's, the, that's the kind of the risk you, you run when you go with the four four two, which is why managers don't often go four four two these days, because you leave your midfield quite open. And that's how it was in the in the first half. Air had opportunities. Dundee got some good blocks in it and stuff like that. Um but Air had the chances to, to, to punish Dundee. It could have went either way in the first half, but Dundee I can't remember Air really having a chance in that second half. Um Is that Rightly, you've pointed out the downside of four four two is that the upside that if you've got two strikers yeah. that teams fear, because very often at this level, all respect to championship teams down the years, but the struggle the struggle to cope with one good striker. If you've got mm-hmm. two good strikers mm-hmm. and men you can bring off the bench, yeah. okay. it then it then becomes a big problem. Exactly, and combining well, I mean, or a big weapon. In the, your favor. the second goal was was, was a brilliant goal. Um, Zach Robinson took the ball and turned his man beat another man, laid it off for Yakubiak to, to finish. And the two of them have, have a, a really good understanding. You, you, could, you could see that right from the first whistle on Tuesday. And then they had Luke McCown was excellent. He was playing right wing, likes to cut in on his left foot. Luke Hannon on the other side did okay. Uh, I think there's more to come from him. He was cutting in as well. Um, and... It was, it, was, it, was, it was funny actually on Monday because I asked well, Gary Boria said after the game on Tuesday that it was always the plan to go f- f- with the two up top in this game because mm-hmm. he fancied a home game against Air. They didn't have Masonda because he was on international duty. He fancied going for that. But uh, I asked him specifically on Monday if he'd considered pairing Yukubak and Robinson. Uh, on the pitch because the fans have been a- asking about it and he, he well I spoke to him after he made it he said I didn't know what to say because that, that was my team but Aye. I couldn't tell you well done George so well it's the fans that have been asking for it just to show my age and my nostalgia again if, that, if you'd have put that question to Jim McLean he'd gone don't you write that and you write away that's what he was <laughs> doing and he's like I'm no wanting them to know <laughs> well that's what McGarry Boyer said I didn't know what to say because I wasn't going to tell I wasn't going to tell you what my team was going to be so it's interesting that he kind of identified this game as as a chance to play that. Um, whether he keeps it, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, I, th- I, th- I think he will keep it for the next one, certainly, because you'd fancy those two up against a Hamilton defence. Well, Hamilton will d- defend deep, but they're, the, the two of them can get through pretty tight situations, I think, but... I think that's the, that's the really positive thing you take out Tuesday because the big problem Dundee have had all, throughout the season is taking their chances. They've created plenty. Finishing them off has been a problem. Mm-hmm. If you've got two strikers in form playing well together, you, you'd fancy them to take that ch- those chances. Bear, a player George mentioned there, Luke McCowan, when I was driving in this morning, just before I went, oh God, the car in front stopped, I better put my brakes on. I was thinking, is it time a manager 
obviously Gary Boyer just now, because he's his manager, sat Luke McCowan down and said, son, you're a key feature of all our best wins this season, but where do you go other weeks? It's time, it's time he, and I'm, I'm not having a go at the boy here, because, you know, sometimes players need it pointed out, and mm. it can, can be a boost via something that's partly critical, but they need to see him every week, don't no, they? Because when, when he plays well, Dundee are a very good team. Absolutely. He's, and he uh, needs to realise he's a big, big you, player. You want Luke McEwen in the team. You want mm. to see him in the team, but I can understand why he doesn't get picked every yeah. week. Because he does disappear. He disappears in games and he disappears for games at a time. But he's a, he's a guy who's got a track record of not just scoring goals in the championship, he scored goals yeah. in the top flight as well. He's a ter- terrifically talented player and he gives them real good balance on, on the left or he could go over to the right right hand side as well but they need more from him he needs to yeah. be more consistent but I'm now at the, I'm now at the stage where you go, I'd be thinking if I was the manager even if he's not yeah. performing particularly well he's got to play we're now at the stage yeah. where he's the sort of guy who could maybe not do anything for an hour but come up with two goals within, within 10 minutes or two assists that can win you the game and similarly I look at Luke Luke Hannan, who Luke Luke Hannan, that's not easy to say, but he's had a, he's had a good run in the team as well now, and I still feel that playing, you know, maybe an out of sorts Paul McMullen at this stage of the season is a better option because mm-hmm. of his track record. Yeah. Luke Hannan's had four or five games now where I, I don't think he scored. No, he's done okay. He's done all right. Yeah. But he's if you look at McMullen over a similar sort of period, if you were to give him that similar sort of run. I would expect more to come from him and that's where we're at now, you yeah. know, and it's difficult for a manager to do that yeah. because, you know, he's got to try and be fair and I think that Gary Boyer's had that throughout the season, he's tried to be fair probably to too many players mm. mm-hmm. and that's, 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 that's stifled Dundee's fluency at times from game to game as he's made the changes. One good thing I saw on, on, on Tuesday, just looking at, at the way the game panned out, he didn't throw the subbies on willy-nilly. No. Yeah. He actually, That's for right once, stuck one man on, I think around about 70 minutes, and then... That was McMullen, yeah. He did what most managers do, and when you're winning by a couple of goals, wait till the last five minutes and stick one on, and then stick another one on just to run down the mm. clock, and he's never, ever done that, so... The one on was Sean Bunn, it was good to see Sean Yeah, good to Bunn see Sean because he, yeah. he could have a, have a role as well, but yeah, Luke McKibben can be a massive player for Dundee, certainly. I mean, he's, he's certainly hurt Air United this season. He's like, <laughs> yeah, his, yeah. Old, his old club too. He's had <laughs> top performances against them. But yeah, he, he's a fine player and we need him now. But consistency is the key for Luke McKibben. Not just for this period during Dundee. Going forward, yeah. Luke, Luke McKibben wants to improve himself. If he could up his game, yeah, yeah. there could be bigger clubs in Dundee waiting for mm-hmm. him in the future. I was going to say, I mean, it's a bit rich coming from me to say, turn a negative into a positive. But for me, what you say to Luke McKibben is, son, I should be worried about you know playing because I'm thinking somebody's going to come in for him and that's and that can that can be a boost to a player yeah you turn around mm-hmm. and say son look what you can do look <laughs> too, <laughs> too many looks and no. I can't I can't I mean that's the kind of thing that can mean it, it can be career changing I've, I've spoken to players before and said well, where did your consistency come from and said so a manager saying I mean, Craig, Le- Craig Levine was a master of it when he was at Dundee United, and I'm sure his other clubs. He'd say to boys, I've seen you play, son, when you play well. If you do that most weeks, I won't be able to keep you. And what encourages more a player more than thinking, oh, I could be down making thousands of pounds a week in England? It, I mean, it's, it, 
To me, yeah. to me, it's almost a no-brainer. Mm-hmm. I say to him, right, it's, it's, you're one of my main players. You've got mm-hmm. to show it every week. Yeah. So, uh, to be fair, you're still a relatively young yeah. man. Um, yeah. And you do find that as players become a bit more experienced, even when they're not, not playing so well, they'll still contribute to a good performance. Mm-hmm. This, uh, uh, things not, might not be coming off for them, but they can still contribute yeah, yeah. to a point. And that, that, that comes with experience. Um, but yeah, it's, 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 it's in there. You, it's in his locker. You mentioned a player who's learned that. I've seen him since he, he, he arrived at Dundee United. Paul McMullen. Mm-hmm. When he arrived at Dundee United, if he didn't play well, as, as happens with young boys, this is not a criticism, when he didn't play well, you like get him off. But like you say, you've always got that temptation to put Paul McMullen on or keep him on because even if he's not having his best game, there'll be a chance, an assist or a goal. And that's that's what you want as players gain experience, mm-hmm. isn't but it? But on the, on the flip side, if he's a sub, I mean, what sub you've got to chuck on? A yes, defender, ah. see a tiring defender sees a Paul McMullen oh, no. coming on at him. Oh, not having that at all. Again, experience tells players don't do too well when you come off the bench because, <laughs> because it has a big temptation to go, oh, he's a right good sub. You see, the, there's a wee thing in my head that, that keeps niggling away at me with Paul McMahon and he's sort of drifted out of the team in yeah. the, over the past four or five weeks and it's a contract scenario. Nah. Is there something there going on in the background? There's rumours. There's yeah, rumors. of course there is. Mm-hmm. So has something happened there that the manager's went, well, You've made your choice. They they know about it. obviously they're sworn to secrecy, mm. but he's still got to perform for the team. That's that, exactly yeah. That's, and that, he that's the bottom line. Of course he would. Of he, course did, he, he was would. in that situation at United where he was told he could go, mm-hmm. and he, he he quite openly said I didn't I didn't I had offers but mm-hmm. I didn't fancy them, mm-hmm. and he stayed and he got his head down and he got back in the team. Mm. And so he's he's a guy. You, if he is leaving at the end of the season, you, you'd have no worries about putting him yeah. on the pitch. Unless he's signing for Queen's Park. <laughs> I, think he's, I think he's one of these players as well, though. Like, uh, you need to put an arm around him rather than criticise his performances, if you know what I mean. I think uh, Robbie did yeah. that at Tarnish and got the best out of him. I think Gary Boyer's that sort of manager as well. Yeah, definitely. You know, yeah. that, that we, you know if somebody's going through a hard patch, there's no one going to start screaming and mm-hmm. shouting at someone for having a bad game. He's going to sort of talk through it methodically and, and, and try and get the best, cajole him into his better, mm-hmm. better performances. I, I think... Well, the... I've got a piece coming out at the end of the week talking about McEwen and, and or the wingers basically uh, with Gary Boyer and, and he said they just felt he just needed a break his, his form he'd been on fire obviously earlier in the season but his, his form had dipped I a wee bit you've got to yeah. so they just bring life in as well is he, is he not yeah, just for the baby he's, he's, yeah, well, exactly. he didn't have the baby no, but he's part no, I'm, sure, I'm sure he's involved but yeah but I know uh, for most of us around, well I think all of us around this table know that but it's, it's, ty- it's time the contribution to birth of fathers was highlighted <laughs> <laughs> But uh, he'll definitely have a contribution between now and in the season on the pitch for Dundee, I would think. Uh, and on Luke McCowan, Gary Boriarch, they said that he was obviously delighted with how he played, but he felt sometimes he tries too hard, which is interesting. Yeah. Oh, well. it's, it's a boy that puts a lot of work in. I think he maybe takes, when things don't quite go right, it, it takes it more to heart than maybe should. Yeah, I think you see that. I think you see yeah. that. I, guess well, really I saw an interview the other week with... Uh, Pep Guardiola said about Phil Foden, one thing he'd said to him is, you're not having a great season, son. Just keep working at the things that you, you've always worked at. Don't get distracted by anything and work your way through it. And sometimes you need to say that to players. Don't, don't be coming back for four hours in the afternoon because things aren't going well. Don't be mm-hmm. thinking you've got to run further back. Or, or 
you know, run all about the pitch daft. Mm -hmm. Just concentrate, mm -hmm. just remember what you're good at and that can be the advice that, that helps. But do it every week. <laughs> but before we move on, you and Arbroath going to do us all a turn tomorrow. No, I've already said they will. I, I'm, not, I'm not as confident to say they'll win the game, but I think they might pick up a point. And that, that'll be, that'll do, that'll do for Masters. us. Yeah. That'll do for us in the dark blue end of the city. Although I will say you, you, you must feel a little bit depressed at the fact that I'm not confident I'll bro for win a game of football. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, are you going to go or are you going to continue your let's support whoever the Rangers are playing policy? Oh no, I'll be, I'll be working at the game. I'll be working at the game but I'll still be going if, if, if there's an opportunity to go and support whoever are playing against Cove or Hamilton by that, but I'll take that opportunity as well, you know, so... Um, yeah, my son Jackson says that he, he, he absolutely hates Cove and Hamilton with a passion now, so there you go. I've got to say, Cove, to me, Lucas Wood have... Don't finish bottom. They're struggling that one. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think it's amazing. Given the run they've been yeah. on, it's quite amazing that they're, they're only third bottom. Yeah, yeah, the amount of goals have shipped. Yeah. It's just, uh, yeah that, that's only, that only leads to one thing, <laughs> relegation, mm -hmm. yet. Anyway, the first section of the show has flown by chaps let's move over the road you and your former employers <laughs> hard done by but hard fact they didn't win again at the weekend from a winning position against St Mirren and it is a bit of a worry isn't it yeah, it is right. Let's start the positive as I always do. Ewan's going to right. through a list of about twenty five no. former employers going, which one does he mean? <laughs> Come on, that's harsh. It's only twenty four. No, let's start the positive. You know, they they started on the front foot, they started really well. An absolutely terrific goal from Stephen Fletcher. And I don't think he's been given the credit he deserves for that. I mean the the way he he played a game of head tennis with Richard Taylor, the St. Martin defender, and then he brought it down with his right foot superbly trapped it switched it to his left and then planted it in the corner it was an outstanding finish and for the first 20 minutes or so Dundee United were bang on top genuinely looking like a side that should be playing in the top six and not a side that's down at the bottom of the table um, however as has so often been the case with Dundee United this season they are a little bit fragile they are a little bit susceptible and I suppose that comes with being where they are in the league um, so there was always that danger because as St Mirren came into it in the second half that they were going to they were going to lose it. And to be honest, at the point when St Mirren scored, they were the team on top. I was going to say we'll move on to the the, the outrageous circumstances yeah. of St Mirren's equaliser. Oh, yeah. It's outrageous, but it did it did sound very much what United can't lose sight of is St Mirren were the better team in the second half, weren't they? I think a draw. I think a draw, not given by the nature of how it happened, but by the the way both sides played, was a fair result. Yeah. Um, I think Dundee United were definitely the better side in the first half. St Mirren for long spells in the second half were the better side, although Dundee United finished strongly. Um, but I think a draw was a fair result. Um, and the way they were, um, whilst St Mirren weren't peppering the goal with chances, they were getting the ball into the box a lot. And and there was always that fear at the back of your mind: Is there going to be a slip? Is there going to be a mistake that allows a St Mirren player to get in and get a goal here? And um, unfortunately, it was a referee mistake that allowed the St Mirren to to get the goal. Two referees. Yeah, two. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, far. yeah. But Pierre, I mean, they're hanging in there at the point I stole from that Preston boy. They're hanging in there and they're, keep, they're now within a win, you know, getting mm -hmm. off the bottom. Mm -hmm. uh, but they need they need to find wins, don't they? And yeah. looking at their next three games, in particular, Rangers away, 
third place chasing Hibs. Don't, I yeah. personally don't think they'll get third place, but they do, no. and they're chasing it. So they've got plenty to play for, and Motherwell resurgent. Mm-hmm. Uh, partly thanks to Stuart Kettlewell, but I also notice Callum Butcher's getting raves yeah. reviews for yeah. Motherwell. They're resurgent. Is it? It's going to be a tough ask to find a win yeah. in those yeah. games, isn't I'm it? I'm sure that most United fans going along on to the game on Saturday thought this is where we can get a win. This is where we can get mm-hmm. three points. But they're playing against a side who've got genuine aspirations of finishing in the top six, maybe even mm-hmm. snatching a, a European spot. You just you just never know with St Mern. Mm-hmm. And But they followed up that Livingston who were in the same boat where they took a point there as well with another good point. The unfortunate thing for Dundee United, they're still at the bottom and the next game is, is, is a way to Rangers. That gap could increase and it, it puts, yeah. again, every... Although, although look at the uh, Ross County are away at Celtic and yeah. Kilmarnock are away yeah. at Hearts. Yeah, so it's course. not the worst. No, 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 you're right. Timing-wise. Yeah. No, yeah, if that, it was a time to get one of the old firm, that was that, it. That, that's, yeah. a, that, that's a good spot, George. Um, but, you know, it's, it's going to be tough. And I think where United are... It's going to boil down to the games against those teams mm. who yeah. are around you. It's going to boil down to that the split fixtures. Yeah. You know, maybe who plays who where. You know, if you want Kilmarnock, I don't know what the situation is there, but will Dungeon need to get another game against Kilmarnock at Tanadice? I don't know how, how, how it all pans out. We've seen it in the past. You know, it could just be how that falls. But there is signs of encouragement. There's, there's no doubt about that. They've tightened up. Markedly, mm-hmm. you know, at the, at the back, you know, they're not gifting teams goals. Um, you've got to say, you can point to the the penalty kick and, and you know, and say, say, well, the, the luck's going against you. But every team I've been at the bottom yeah. watching Dundee, and and you tend the to think that your team you. has getting no luck whatsoever when you get relegated. We never had any luck last season. Yeah. We went down twelve points to drift at every other team in that league. So you've got to make. To be your, honest, Bear, Dundee's your bad luck was that the <laughs> other team kept scoring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You tend to find that's the sort of thing that happens when you're at the bottom. But there are signs there, and you know the goal from Stephen Fletcher is right. It's got overlooked in the in the in the, in the course of that game. But what a what a sensational mm. finish! Right foot, left foot, bottom corner. Yeah, and I believe it was reflective of his, of his overall performance too. Yeah. yeah, do you know what? Genuinely, I think Steve Fletcher's been done United's most consistent mm. player all season. Um, and the games that I've seen, I saw a lot of them obviously while I was working there. Um, I've seen a lot less of them in person since I've, since I left. But of course, you've been following Cove. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but but um, he has been consistently good for Dundee United. Um, I can't remember of him, him having any terrible performances. Yeah, he maybe got a bit of criticism in the Aberdeen game because he missed quite a lot of chances, but he got himself into positions. Mm-hmm. Um, he leads the line. I just wish they had somebody alongside him. That was. I was going to say, it, it, it's not, is this a case? It's not Stephen Fletcher's fault. To me, Stephen Fletcher is a 20-plus goal-a-season striker in that if you put someone beside him who can... Re- he can use they'll get goals yeah, and, and, yeah. and a few others will chip in but Stephen Fletcher himself's not going to score those 20 plus goals yeah. mm-hmm. but he'll be involved in 20 mm-hmm. plus goals mm-hmm. if he's got the right players around him yeah yeah I mean absolutely it's, it's difficult for Stephen Fletcher you've got to remember Stephen was he 35 and he seems to be the one constant yeah. who's starting every yeah. game for Dundee United so it's credit to him how well mm. he looks after himself off the park and in and, and training that he's able to still perform at that level on such a regular basis and and Ewan's absolutely right. 
United needs somebody else to step up to the plate here up top. And you know, and, and I do. I know they've been hit by injuries in certain areas, but it looks like he's going to have to do it all himself. And mm-hmm. that that can't really be the no. case. Somebody else is going to have to step in. Um, you know, whether it's Glenn Middle, and you know, I know I know there are injuries around, but they have to find someone to play off Stephen Fletcher to get himself out of the predicament. Uh, I, they're in. Well, it's I interesting in today's telly. Uh, Jim Goodwin's saying that, that he wants another striker, yeah. which th- yeah. obviously he wants to, to help Stephen Fletcher out, but there's none none really out there. Obviously, it's the, probably the worst time of the season to try but and I sign mean, there's anybody. There's he's only got another a week or so anyway because the transfer window of course, yeah. end of March. End yeah. Of yeah, old transfer window. Yeah. Um, so it, obviously, that would be a miracle worker to bring a striker exactly. in who could do a job yeah. at this stage. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. But but then that, that goes back to the, the feelings again. And then when you say Stephen Fletcher would carry him, you're actually <laughs> talking literally. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Glenn Middleton, I, th- I think, has been a big miss because I think he's been probably mm-hmm. close to Stephen Fletcher in terms of the, the impact he's he's had for, for United, and he just brings you that pace and, and directness that nobody else in the squad really really can bring. So, I mean, you you know you know the greater United squad uh, from your time there. Is is there even a kid that you could say, you know what, that lad he's he's got physical attributes and he can listen that they could throw in and Stephen Fletcher could use. Well, I, th- I think I think there's two players that you're looking at there. From one one that's that's not quite hit it yet it's Rory McLeod you know he's somebody young player he's, he's their youngest player in their history to play um, he's obviously I, I think he's got the option to go down south potentially looking like he's yeah. going to go down south at the end of the season um, he is a player with real potential but it's raw potential but the player that's maybe more ready for it is Kai Fotheringham and Kai came off the bench at the weekend and he hit the post. He looked like he added spark. Um, he's been recalled from his loan spell early at Stirling Albion because they felt they needed him. Um, and and to be fair, he wasn't just recalled and sat on the bench. He has been given opportunities. Mm. Um, I think Kai Fotheringham could actually make an impact between now and the end of the season, albeit he's not got the experience, he's not got the goal-scoring capabilities, but he's got something about him. And he did exceptionally well down at Stirling albeit we're talking about League 2 and we're not talking about the bottom of the Scottish Premiership, but he looks like a player, given the resources that they've got, that they can bring in, but there's nobody else that I can think of off the top of my head that that's, that's hiding a way that we don't already know about that can go alongside him. I mean, Sadat, we've got Sadat sitting there, but Sadat hasn't quite done it yet, you mm-hmm. know. Um, he did come on and win a penalty against Aberdeen with some great burst of pace into the box. He then played against Livingston and missed from very close range. Um, so I think he's raw as well so it's it's difficult because you're making the point about Stephen Fletcher at 35 when he came into the press room to speak after the game the press guys were joking with him about about him you know looking knackered as he came in and he said I'm knackered <laughs> and he says I have to roll myself up roll myself up every every day and my son laughs at me all the time the way I hobble about but yeah. um, he's doing it without complaining um, but I just wish he had the 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 thing alongside him and it does go back to what we said way back in the end of January window the two things that Dun United didn't do that the fans are, are new may come back to haunt them where they didn't sign another goalkeeper and they didn't sign an additional striker yet they lost a striker who was sitting in the stand on Saturday because he wasn't eligible to play against his club Tony Watt was sitting in the stand watching the game so mm-hmm. yeah. I was I was out actually for, to watch the Cheltenham Gold Cup on Friday and there was a lot of United fans and when I eventually deigned to speak to them <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Their complaint about that situation was not getting rid of Tony Watt because they're universal. And I understand that. And I'm, personally, I'm not having a go at Tony Watt. A few of them were. But they were like, well, everybody knows with Tony Watt that when he decides he's finished at a club, he's finished at a club. So yeah, let him go. It was a lack of a replacement that they, <laughs> they were unhappy about. Yeah, it's forward thinking. And, I, and we've touched on this in the past. And it's, it could come back to haunt them. And it is coming back to haunt them because they're, they're having to look... A, a young men, one who are probably yeah. not quite ready for this physically and, you know, are they mentally ready for getting thrown into a relegation battle. Sometimes kids can, can shake shake things off, but, you know, Dan, we've been there watching teams where, you know, fans can, doesn't matter what age you are, if you're missing a chance and the fans think you should be doing yeah. better, mm. you're going to get yeah. stuck in it. How can, how Especially does that, at this How does that affect time. the teenager at Aye. this point in time? So United need to find someone. If he's going to England at the end of the season, yeah. that's not United's problem. Yeah. How you, I mean, they need, they need. If it's not going to be someone up top, although you're right, there may be someone, somebody in, in there that can come in yeah. and at least ease the burden for for Stephen Fletcher, which would allow him maybe to to maybe find more goals yeah. that United need at this point in time. But you know, somebody from the midfield. I don't know what the situation is, but Ian Harks, is he still injured or is he? Yeah, in? yeah, he certainly wasn't. Yeah. Wasn't there? You know, yeah. I mean, so Dylan Levitt, how far away is he? He's Levitt, I, I, I'd be surprised to see him play many games yeah, between now see, and the end of the season. But in the past time, they've been two players who have weighed in on yeah, a regular basis forward. with goals here and there, and that that eases eases the burden. You know, they've got to dig deep. They're in a situation where they're at the bottom of the league. They're a couple of points of drift. They need everybody to dig deep, but there's hope defensively we've seen that in the last couple of games and you can build on that hmm. you can build on that because even in poor performances if you can keep the opposition out you're capable of getting something from somewhere that can bag you a crucial three points and that's what they need to find that's what they need to find in this last set of games and I mean we've already touched on it we don't want any hard luck stories from United because that doesn't improve their chances but that was outrageous on Saturday the penalty Ah, I thought it was bad enough that it was given, but I the, think the, the, the thing that's going for for Dundee United, I mean, the fact that it happened. I mean, I've watched it several times. Now and mm -hmm. still don't see enough no. to say that was a penalty kick. Right. And I can understand why Jim Goodman is furious, but I can understand the the, the people behind the scenes at Tandys who are actually having to fund VAR, which yeah. is bloody expensive, yeah. and they say. Get a decision like that given against you, and, and they must be wondering, is it, is it all worth it? You know, but I don't, I don't know what they're thinking. Tom. I, ah, so no, I didn't see no. anything in that that suggested that was enough to be a penalty kick. So, yeah, removing United's current situation yeah. from it, the people in charge should be looking at that. And say, that that's not acceptable, yeah. Not the whole weekend, it yeah. was yeah. The, the handball at Kilmarnock, mm -hmm. yeah. it was it's very horrendous, yeah. It's, it's really the most frustrating thing you said removing Dundee United's situation but I don't think you should remove it because the VAR was brought in purportedly to 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 stop season defining yeah. moments like this and that, and that potentially could mm -hmm. be a season defining moment denies Dundee United of the two extra points that keeps them up um, with a decision that they, they went to VAR and they stayed at VAR for a good three minutes or something like that you know mm -hmm. he's on he's on communicating and I'm and thinking never even asked the referee know, to look at it well I don't see I, I'm I'm not sure what the situation with that is whether he's asked the referee and the referee said I don't want to go to it or not does the referee is the referee compelled to go to the screen if he's told to look at it or does the referee just say no I'm happy with my decision because some referees and we have to be blunt about it some referees don't want to go back and go back on their own decision they want to be stubborn and say yeah. I've made that decision I'm not changing my mind but then the, the thing is when they go to the screen 
it's what ninety five percent, ninety nine percent of the time they change the decision. It's what I've seen from yeah from VAR yeah. over across the board is that they go with whatever the guy with the camera said. Yeah. So sometimes, so maybe the referee who's Craig Napier, maybe at that point thought, I'm not changing my mind on that, so I'm not going. I don't know. I can only speak because I don't know if he was asked to go to the monitor and he chose not to, yeah. or whether he was told not to. And, and then I wonder, have they got different TV angles? Well, that's what that's what we say. That. Do, do they? they? Do they have different cameras that we don't actually see as as a punter watching it at night in the highlights or in the package? Yeah. So we only see certain angles because everyone I saw, yeah. I mean, Curtis Main's just gone to the ground without any real connection. He's brushed them. The only way, best. the only way that you could give that as a penalty or, or see that as a penalty is if you're standing at the far touchline watching the incident as Curtis Main's running towards you mm-hmm. and seeing that because the angles that we've seen yeah. are from behind yeah. and, you, and, yeah. and he looks as if he goes down to the ground very, very easily. Ayena's got his hands up and Ayena genuinely looks surprised yeah. that, that <laughs> a penalty's been awarded. Um, the only way, and the referee wasn't in that position uh, to give it. No. He, was, he wasn't, he didn't have that kind of view of the, the incident. Um, I have to be honest, and I'm not going back, but I did see the same referee um, give a red card to Ricky Little uh, for Abroff against Hamilton. But but he pulled it. He pulled it straight out of his pocket without without even a second's reflection. Um, I felt as though he did the same thing again on Saturday, and. I do wonder if he's the sort of referee, and I'm alluding to it, that turns around and said, I've made my decision, I'm not changing my mind. Mm-hmm. I thought he was right with that, I broke one, I have to say. Well, oh. well, it got, oh, it got George, his Sunday, so... I was hoping to be home before it was dark, George. <laughs> 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 some referees are like that, though, aren't they? I mean, some yeah. referees take a breath, have a think to themselves before they do anything. Others are very abrupt and, yeah, yeah. you know, they see it as just they whip the cards out straight away without a wee, a wee thought yeah. to themselves. Yeah. Yeah, but then VAR's supposed to protect that. Yes. No, VAR wasn't VAR no. wasn't available in that, that game I'm talking about, no. the Abro Family game, but it was available in the Dundee United St. Martin game and it should be an opportunity for them to look at it and say, listen, you've been too harsh, harsh here, too hasty, at least go to the monitor, look at it and then decide take a second look at it um, but the fact that they spent so long debating I don't know why they spent so long debating on it if it was a clear and obvious foul I don't know why they did that um, yeah you, well, it, wasn't, it wasn't a clear and obvious foul no. that's the no, problem no no, no. Like, so then there, so then, if there's any doubt then surely they go if, if there is yeah. any doubt they go to the monster but it just I, I, I guess I cannot understand is, is it another case for referees should be held to task just and, and asked well, after the game yeah. You know, what was your actual thoughts yeah. on yeah. this? Why did you give that penalty kick in? It might help referees yeah. if they're able to do that. Yeah, I think they're really falling down on the communication aspect of it because you, you watch the rugby and yeah. you can hear exactly what say, they're talking I, about. I, I don't understand any sport introducing VAR and not look. And I'll criticise lots of things about rugby, but I don't think any sport in the world that's brought in video technology has used it as well as yeah. rugby has used mm-hmm. it. And and I was just thinking here, I remember Maybe going, back in, going back into mm. the annals of time, a former secretary of the SFA, Jim Farry, was mocked, not to his face because he was scary, man, <laughs> when he said, the referee is right even when he's wrong. Now, it, it was a bit of a glib statement, but his point was, the referee is in charge and the referee makes the final decision. And that's what rugby's maintained with their use Hmm. of video technology the referee always looks at it and it's always left and and you hear them the referee will speak he'll speak to the Mm -hmm. video ref he speaks to the two touch Mm -hmm. judges 
and he decides and he sees it. And really, when you're taking four or five minutes to come to a decision, mm -hmm. it's not hurting you for the referee to have a look. But to me, football needs, and it used to be, it was the sack the sack thing in mm -hmm. football. The referee's decision is final. Well, if that referee didn't look at it, and if they're going to look at in incidents in games, and the man in the booth decides, the referee's decision isn't final. No. It can't, by yeah. definition, be final. And to me, the, the need to simplify it and get back to it, the, the referee should be able to say, as play goes on, to the video official, have a look at that thing that just happened in the centre circle or in the penalty box. Or the video official can say to the referee, I think you need to have a wee look at this. Mm. And fine, wait till the next time the ball goes out. And then he can dart across to the screen, look at it and say, yeah or nay. But I think it would help everyone if there's a definitive thing where every decision, whether it's involves going to the screen or not, is made by the man on the part with a whistle. Yeah, but I think I think going back to George's point about communication and 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 your point about rugby, I listened I listened to the rugby on uh, on the radio and I listened to the referee explaining quite explicitly yeah, on the yeah. radio why he was making decisions and quite politely and the, uh -huh. and the supporters are aware of that. You yeah. know, the community, the supporters are going to games now and they're not even understanding there's a VAR decision. Well, what's that for? And they're, and they're exactly. looking around. I, if the if the referee was mic'd up and if and if if he was able to communicate. Uh, in real time to supporters about it he's not having to face the media but he's able to communicate in real time yeah he might be putting himself on the line by you know communicating something in the same way but at least people know why mm -hmm. but yeah. we don't even have the post-match thing we don't yeah. even have the have the explanation post-match because sometimes then you can look at it and you say actually you look at it at a different light and think well actually I can see where I'm, the referee yeah, exactly. is coming from I go get back that. to the basic point I don't think that any decision can be reviewed Without the referee looking mm. at it as well, I don't. I don't see what. What's the problem that the the man that's in overall charge, if a decision is reviewed, he has to look at it as well, <coughs> and he can speak. He can. He, he's allowed to say like they do in rugby. What do you think to the yeah. VAR yeah. official? He can say that to his assistant referees, and he, he can take a consensus and say, well, I'm not sure, but you three are saying that, so. I'll go with you. But you know, as things... long as it's his decision. But if you review something and he doesn't, he's not part of that mm -hmm. process. Because he was the referee on Saturday was standing around spare like everyone else. Well, do you not think some referees are part of that process, and it's down to how the, yeah how but, some referees but, but, are using it, how some referees are not using it. Well, it's, it's up to the people in charge to make sure they're all part of that process, and they all look. And they should be told, "You look, you decide." And there is this thing, and and it's to, it's to varying degrees, and I think very often I saw one in the Champions League the other week, and I can't remember who it was. It was a penalty claim and injury time, and they called the referee over to the video, and I had hit the boy's hand, and it? and it wasn't going to change the result, and it was a 50-50. The referee looked at the screen and went, away you go. <laughs> and you actually liked that, <laughs> because it was, you knew, whether he agreed with it or not, the one thing you couldn't argue about was, it was the referee who decided. Yeah. And, and and that, I, I'm sure most referees would say that would be a great help because in the end, it's always been them until VAR came along and it got overcomplicated. That's part of the job. You take the responsibility. But re referees must be sure. I mean, I, I, again, the referee on Saturday may be one who never changes his mind. 
But he may be sitting home on Saturday night going, why didn't you say? Yeah, yeah that's true as well. That's true as well. So, yeah, so, so the flip be, side there, there is... There will be instances. Yeah. There must be frustrations among referees that it, it, it's, yeah. it's there to help them. It's not there to, yeah. to I, usurp them. Yeah, he might have been sitting at home thinking, you, you've made me look daft mm-hmm. by not... Mm-hmm. Yeah, by not telling and me you to don't, go. You don't know, and again, if you go back communication, you yeah. don't know. Yeah, because we had an instance earlier in the season that affected Dunyrita as well. That I was at the game when Tony Watt got red carded in the build up to a goal. There's some um, as well. Was yeah, it? yeah, yeah. I know it was Motherwell. It was a Motherwell, Motherwell. and it got in the play that you know at the time the referee never awarded anything. And um, play raged on, and then he got told to go and check far. He got shown angles on it but he didn't get shown every angle at that point so then after the game Liam Fox goes in downstairs um, and he's shown a different angle from what VAR has been shown and it shows quite clearly that there wasn't a red card so he was the referee the on-field referee to me was stitched up a little bit by the VAR by not being given every available angle to make his decision it was only on the evidence that was presented to him you could see mm. why he gave a red card but had he been in, uh, in control of all the evidence then he possibly wouldn't have made that decision so so it's not maybe as simple a case of all oh, well, the referees being stubborn or something like that he needs to be helped yeah. by his video assistant I suppose the one thing uh, the, the whole scenario is that we all feared that as journalists that VAR would sanitise the game completely to the point that you'd have nothing to speak about after the game, but... It's more to speak about. It could be further from the truth, exactly, yeah. Before we finish, it was maybe a statement of the obvious from him, but maybe another sign of the character of the man. Jim Goodwin came out and said he wants the job permanently, he wants to be there next season. And like I say, you you would expect him to say that, but... Some managers would have gone, everybody knows that, I'm not getting into that, but he's, he's, he's made it clear he'll only get the job if he keeps them up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and that's, that's the character of Jim Goodwin. We've, we've discussed this at length, Tamman, over the last few weeks on the podcast. Why did he want to go back in so soon and to a club who's in such a precarious position? But I think it, 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 it sort of highlights where Jim Goodwin rates Dundee United in Scottish football, they are a big club. You know, he, he feels that he can, he will have a job where he ha- will have real prospects if he can keep them up this season and is given the opportunity to build a team there. He he can put a club on the part that will be a top six club challenging for a European spot, but <laughs> the bottom line is he has to keep them up. You yeah. know, where, where, mm. where does he go if they are relegated? I don't see the fans wearing Jim Goodwin mm. being there next season if Dundee United are in the Championship. Mm. Good stuff. Before we finish, we'll give you the chance to speak on one of his loves. No, not our broth, you and are you going to see Scotland on Saturday? Yeah, I'm going with my broth supporting son down to Scotland. <laughs> and your and your new <laughs> Scotland top, which I believe. Oh yes, yeah, yeah. I have which managed. I believe you were a you were a lucky recipient of the yeah. extra discount, which I'm sure you'll hand back before you go in on <laughs> Saturday. I don't feel guilty about that at all. When when I when I entered the discount code onto the so site, Dundee, the city of Dundee's rubbing yeah, off on them. Yeah, when I entered the <laughs> discount code into the site, it gave thirty percent off when it was supposed to give fifteen percent off. The order has been fulfilled. I believe it's going to arrive on my doorstep by the time I get home today. Um, and even though sixty-three pounds for the top is still very, very expensive, it's a lot more than the outrageous ninety pounds that mm. the SFA want to charge for a limited edition top. As someone only who who only shops on sale rails, 
I said, what's it made of gold? <laughs> For 90 pounds, I expect a player to be inside the top. <laughs> yeah, well, now they've got uh, the audacity, as I was saying, off air. So now they're completely sold out. But now they sent they sent an email uh, on the night of it being sold out telling you they've got they've got a new uh, thing coming in a presentation box. And it only costs £119 to get a fancy <laughs> box with your top. Or you can pay even more than that and get but a small bottle of whiskey. Yeah, yeah, I don't understand people who buy these presentation tops because you're buying a top to wear a top. Is it just going to sit on your mantelpiece? But I don't get that. But it's marketing and do you know what? They will sell those, Works, but yeah. they'll sell those now yeah. because actually the ironic thing is now the tops that were costing £90 are now going for somewhere in the region of £180 on eBay. Well, thanks to Ewan for that uh, talk on the Arbroath fashion show, but there is actually a couple <laughs> of games coming up. Cypress. It's difficult, a difficult one to start with in the sense that because Spain are next and in the group, it's a, it's a must-win game, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's huge. It's a, a massive game. And, you know, and I think no we mugs, can... there's no minnows, blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. They'll be decent. No, they, they, I, would, I would fully expect them to be decent. And, you know, I would take a 2-1 win right now. You know, I would take it a win's a win. Um, but I feel as though we built a bit of momentum towards the, the end of our last campaign. You know, we, we had the disappointment of... Um, losing out on winning the Nations League and stuff like that, you know, it, it, you know, we had, we had, sorry, we had, we had all the disappointment of not qualifying, sorry, and that, but we we really showed um, some metal towards those last few games when we when we played against mm-hmm. Ireland at home, when we played against Ukraine at home, and when we played against Ukraine away from home, those were three. Even though we didn't win the Ukraine game, I felt so we won all three games in the way we played. Yeah, you know, so we we played exceptionally Job well. Job done. Job done, and I think. I'm a great believer in what Steve Clark's done for Scotland. Mm-hmm. I really do think that he's he's got Scotland to a level where we're believing that we can win almost every game we play in. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we're going to have a tough campaign. Don't get no getting away from it. I mean, Spain and Norway with Erling Haaland. I just need, yeah. just need to hope that Haaland picks up a wee knock, even for a week or so. He's he's missing the games this week, I think. Yeah. Okay. So that's. I think. But that's not yeah. good. That's not good for Scotland, though, because we're not playing them. So. <laughs> no, yeah. um, but they might drop points. That's yeah, what I mean. Yeah. Well, yeah. Just as well. On, on the subject of like Haaland, it, 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 it stuck me watching Man City games this season on the box. Defenders who do best against them actually jump with them in the air. He's, he, and he admits himself that that aspect of his game is something that's come late to him. And and, and I do think if you're a bit more. It's not. It's no easy, especially when he's got the ball on the deck, because he's a big, strong boy. But if Scotland at a future date play Norway and they're pumping the ball into the box, make sure he knows you're there when you jump with mm. him, because mm. he's still he's not he's not the sum of his physical resources in the air. But if you if you let him get away from you, he'll score. He's like, I mean, he's on off. He'll probably still. score from yeah. three goals with his feet anyway, so it might not matter. He's unorthodox in his style. I'm sure the other yeah. guys here will looking at him would, would say that, would agree that, you know, yeah. he's just he's like no other player that I can see mm-hmm. at that level in terms of the way he runs, in terms of the, the positioning he gets to, and his finishing yeah. is absolutely phenomenal. You've got to say, though, I mean, his finishing is absolutely phenomenal, but he's playing in a Man City team. No disrespect to Norway, he's not going to get the same sort of service exactly. from 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 a Nor- they're, they're a good side. Mm-hmm. I, I, mm-hmm. I admit that, and they have they have quality throughout that side. But he is not going to get the same sort of service. So that Steve Clark will be saying that makes you we keep the ball away from exactly. him as That's much as possible yeah. and out of the danger areas as much as possible. A couple of interesting things. Uh, 
as far as the Scotland squad goes, who's going to be the goalkeeper? You've got, mm-hmm. you know, that's going to be a big question. I think there's massive, massive opportunity for whoever gets the gloves to go on and claim it. Now, I mean, as much as I admire Craig Gordon and what he's done, what he's done, he's out injured, but recovering from a broken leg at 39. And it's a bad one. It's a long way, long way to get back to international level. Um, so there is a real opportunity for somebody to step forward. I'm hoping because he 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 won't sort of put his football into his side. Xander Clark gets Former a chance. Former South goalkeeper as well. Gets a yeah. chance. Absolutely, George Bell mentioned. Oh, that's, <laughs> <it>. <laughs> that's about 22-1 to me so far <laughs> mentioned. He's in the team. I hope he gets a chance to do and show, show what he's made of. Um, elsewhere, Dom Hyam, don't know too much about him. Blackburn Rovers, that's an interesting one to see what yeah. he does. They're going well though. Blackburn. And again, up top, we still looked for me as though we're, we're crying out for an international class striker. Lyndon Dykes has obviously been out for a while with pneumonia, pneumonia or uh, something like yeah. that. So I don't know if Steve Clark has just been kind Ryan, to him and bring him in. No, I think we need him. Yeah. I think Ryan Christie's yeah. not been playing. Yeah, regular. It's, even Che Adams is in and out, isn't he? Although he did, he's been scoring. He did. He scored uh-huh. last week. Um, I'm. And not sure what Jacob Brown gets called up every every time. Uh, for I it. don't get it either, and he doesn't even get much an, op- an yeah. opportunity. He well, gets thrown on for a couple of minutes at an yeah. end of the game when he's not going to make an impact. But we've got John McGinn; he'll score. If, yeah. if you boys did the same level of research as I do, you'd be saying, "Who is Jacob Brown?" <laughs> he plays yeah. for Stoke City. Does he? Yeah. He does. Um, yeah. So does Harry. Well, so used to Harry Suter. And in terms he'll of the, never play yeah. for Scotland. In terms of the what. Strikers, I would have liked Shankland to be in there just to the yes. season he's had. Um, I I'm think a little bit surprised because Shankland, uh, you know what, I, I, always, I always got the fact that where he scored these goals was an issue. But once he got in the Scotland squad yeah. and he got on the park, he never looked out of place. No. And he, I, would have, f- I would have gone with that. And now he's scoring goals in the Premier League as well. But, but more than that, I thought when he... I had my doubts as well because it was such a big step up and... And level, but he looked he looked at home, and he he got in the positions that he always gets in. So even even for a guy, you know, to use off the bench if you need a goal in the last fifteen minutes, mm. I don't understand. I don't why think he's, not he's there. fit. I don't think he's fit though. I think he. I, I don't think he. Well, he played not. against Aberdeen. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, but I mean, I mean he has an, an injury yeah, later. Yeah. Maybe. It's strange he's been so prolific in a, in a hard side that he's he, he's overlooked by Scotland, and you Aye. just wonder if Steve Clark ultimately. It boils down to the manager's choice. Yeah. Steve Clark, I'll be looking, you know, as you said, we've touched on Lyndon Dykes and, you know, what he brings to the squad. And it's not, it might not be a lot of goals, but it's a presence up yeah, top that exactly. allows guys like John McGinn to go by him and, mm-hmm. and others to go by him and mm. get goals. I'm not sure if Lawrence Shelton could actually play that particular role, but he, there's no way Lawrence Shelton if a ball's in the box and he drops exactly. his feet. Yeah, I, I'd put my money I'd on go back to what I said. Yeah. I think he's a. He's a He's a need a goal. Yeah. If you need a goal striker, mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm not saying he would start well, the two, every single game. So it's Nisbet, Nisbet yeah. as well. Yeah. Kevin yeah, I mean, the, the, the two games will be entirely different. You would think the one against Cyprus, you yeah, expect Scotland to be on the front foot and trying to get. So that could have been a game. You would think maybe Fort Lawrence Shankland if we're going uh, to create a few chances. Spain maybe not so. Where we'll probably set up a bit differently. Um, he's very, he's very tried and trusted as a manager, though, isn't he? He's yeah. very much, yeah. he's very much, and he talks often about creating a club culture. And to create a club culture, you need consistency of selection. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that's probably part of the reason why Jacob Brown, because he's been in and around the squad regularly recently, mm-hmm. even though we're not entirely sure or we haven't quite seen what he can he can he, offer for yeah. Scotland. Not at all in my case. <laughs> He's more of a winger though, I think. I think maybe he just wanted a different type of 
attacking option. But didn't there's... have to say that, George. Nobody knew. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you've got, you've, you've even got, Stoke. not that I'm a fan, but you've even got Ollie McBurney doing really well down at mm-hmm. Sheffield United, yeah. you know, and um, I'm not a massive fan of his, but um, I wonder if he came into consideration because he's played before, you know, although he, he, he's like Tony Watt in Fury, it's me the fact he doesn't wear proper shin yeah. pads, but <laughs> that's just a, a he's, minor he's, point. Yeah, he's doing that just shows you're he, getting into our age group because I always think, I think, <laughs> if I'm FIFA, I'm saying, lads, <laughs> A shin pad has to be bigger than the size of a 20 pence piece. Yeah, I mean, Ollie uh, McBurney is one of these infuriating guys that looks as though he's not trying, even though he is. He has that yeah. language sort yeah. of still, yeah. but he's here. He's doing really well. It's a Sheffield United team who looks as though they're bound for the Premiership. So. Mm-hmm. There's, there's, in terms of Cyprus on Saturday, there's, there's a local link you're aware. It's just a curb to me. The manager is. Tamuri is it Tamuri again? Tamuri Kids Buyer, yeah. Oh, oh, is it really? Well yeah. done, George. That's got to be a feature. That's got to be a feature <laughs> my, my, on the way in the top. That'll fill a spread. Yeah. Well, well. I've just got visions of him kicking an advertisement. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Chucking yeah. his shirt and boots. Do you know yeah, what? Yeah. We, I, I remember from Dens and that, uh, it was, oh, they're signing the boy that went mental. <laughs> <laughs> he, just, he was just the nicest, calmest, most <laughs> mellow human being you could imagine <laughs> you would meet in your life. Is that the same one? Yeah. He just wasn't like that. Yeah. Did he, did he not? They took kick off. They gave it to him, and he just blustered out of the pitch after after that as well. Yeah, like, he always, yeah. He's, had, he's had a few, and he <laughs> maybe some hope for Scotland in the hay. The boy, the boy was a class player, and he's been a good manager. But one of the reasons he seems to get the Cyprus job is he's got a hoose there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, that that'd be interesting, but I think. I could be the next St. Johnson manager almost on that basis. Famous <laughs> memories of Scotland against Cyprus, Tom, is Richard Goff scoring a 97th minute Oh yeah, I remember that game. And Andy yeah. Roxburgh dancing up and down Aye. the touchline like you'd never... But I hear it led to them qualifying for the, for the World Cup almost, like, you know, so... Did Mo Johnston not score an overhead kick against Possibly, them as well? Yeah. Aye. Real Cypriot late. fans in but our age group will be saying... Boys, it doesn't yeah, matter what happens in this game and how well we play, they I, always win. But I don't know, it was in the days <laughs> before you got seven minutes of stoppage time, yeah, there was always yeah. doubts about why did the referee keep playing, you know, mm. as a, as a, until Scotland scored, you know, but uh, they got there. They got because there. You had a, it was an early earpiece game and somebody <laughs> from FIFA was... <laughs> 20,000 Scotland fans <laughs> yeah. at the finals, 500 separates, keep it going. <laughs> then, we, then we've got, uh, after Cyprus, we've got the... Small matter of uh, Spain coming, ah, you know what coming on are. Tuesday night to Hamden. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're, they're, just, they're just very, very good now. They're not sensational. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll be, that'll be interesting to watch, you know. I, um, I, I like the way they play football. I really do like the way they play football, yeah. the way they pass about. The they have a new manager, of course, don't yeah, they? They're in, yeah, they're in transition again. Yeah, yeah but... I mean, they're, they're a side that could infuriate you because you think they could win a major tournament. Yeah. Or scoring goals is there? Could disappoint. Yeah, they, yeah, they can pass the ball for uh, fun. They can pass all day, and I and I dare say it's going to be a, a painful watch in terms of possession stats yeah. on Tuesday night. Aye. We're, we're going to be down somewhere in the region of 29, 30 odd percent possession for mm. Scotland. It's whether or not we can do more with the ball when we've got it but than they can. But their Achilles heel, obviously, it was Luis Enrique, different manager. But over the past wee while, it's been beating teams like Scotland where they dominate the ball, but mm-hmm. the team sits in and doesn't give you any space. They like playing against the better teams. Well, they get where the teams come the team that's a striker's nightmare because they pass the ball to death. Yeah. Don't 
don't put the ball into the box. Let's hope that continues. Yeah. I mean, I, fa- I fancy Scotland at Hamden against anyone just yeah. now. Genuinely, I think there's something. I mean, Hamden gets a bad rep off people for for atmosphere and things like that. But genuinely, the amount of Scotland games I've gone to and, I've re- and the atmosphere's been fantastic. I think marketing-wise, they do a fantastic yeah. job, Scotland, in terms of the way they put, they get the crowd going with the music they play. They've even started a new thing after games now, playing two songs to get them going and, and keep fans in the stadium yeah. and maybe leave in a positive manner, which is, is unusual. I mean, most at most football grounds you go to once the final whistle's gone or even before you're away. But the yeah. majority of Scotland fans are now staying for 10 minutes after after the game and singing um, so hopefully we'll be singing on Saturday afternoon and uh, Tuesday night here's hoping if you like the podcast we'd be grateful if you tell your pals about it or even better leave a review or a simple rating on iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts all that really helps people find Twa Teams One Street and that means a lot to us don't forget to pick up your copy of the Tele Monday to Saturday for all the latest from Dens and Tanadice or go to the telly.co.uk to find out how you can get the paper delivered right to your door. <laughs>